Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, June 8th. That means it's Destination Health Day. It's all health all day today. Lauren, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Well, afternoon for me. How's it going, Kevin? That's right. Well, good to talk to you again today. We've got an exciting day today, don't we? We do. We have our first live case study, which is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I thought I'd uh, uh, bring you in. We have a caller on the line still, so we're going to keep going with Destination Health and answer everybody's questions. Then we'll jump into our one-on-one. So uh, what's new and exciting with you this week? New and exciting this week. That's a great question. Actually trying to figure out what to replace a citrus tree that seems to be slowly going South. I oh, don't no. think it's going to make it the rest of the I know. It's a bummer. We have two uh, citrus trees, and this one is just, it, I think it's a tangelo. It just looks worse and worse every time we, we look at it. Uh-oh. I don't know if there's, like, some canker that goes around or some yellowing. I don't know what's going on, but I'm inspired to replace it with something edible, for sure, especially with, you know, I, I just think it's really important these days that we... Uh, try our best to grow things that we can actually eat instead of just like growing things for, for beauty. I, so trying to figure out what I'm going to replace it with. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. And I was just walking around my yard the other day thinking, holy cow, I have stuff growing everywhere that you can eat now. Like I'm sticking plants in anywhere I can find them. I'm, I'm going to get cherries off our cherry tree for the first time this year. I planted a cherry tree. Oh, two, that's awesome. Yeah, two years ago. So it's got cherries on it now. So I'm excited about that. I have all kinds of berries. I've got, I, I mean, really, you walk around my yard and it's um, it's like a grocery store. Uh, I kind of like it. Oh, geez, so that's wonderful. If I were in South Florida, what would I grow in place of that tree? I'm assuming it's in a spot that gets plenty of sunlight. ton of sunlight morning and afternoon but we're in north florida um and there's a place here actually that i'm really excited to go check out yeah i mean i'm originally from south florida so easy to mix it up but there's a place here it's called eat your yard jack and i'm gonna go check it out and see what they grow there because i'm assuming that whatever they're growing that's edible should do pretty good where I am. So this, I'm excited to do that. This place is actually called Eat Your Yard. Yeah, isn't that I, great? I love that. I want to go. <laughs> I know. It sounds like something that's right up your alley, too. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. Um, yeah, well, I was going to try to give you some ideas, but you should go there first and then come back and we'll talk about it after you talk to them. Because uh, Florida is kind of a pretty unique growing climate. It really is. It gets so hot in the summer. Like right now, it's it's the midday. Some of our plants are just literally laying on the ground. <laughs> and then they, yeah. you know, they perk back up at night. But yeah, they just get so much sun and it, it's pretty brutal here in the summer. And then in yeah. the winter, because we're so close to Georgia, we actually, we can freeze. So want to say this last uh, season, we had maybe, I think we froze like, two different occasions, maybe even three. So it can drop pretty low. 
Um, it doesn't usually last for very long. And, you know, the following day when the sun comes out, it typically, you know, the temp will rise, but it can get down to into the 20s at night sometimes. Yeah. Well, if you look at the history of citrus growing in Florida, Orange County, Orlando, Central Florida, even all the way up to, um, oh shoot, what's the fairly good sized town? Gain- no, not Gainesville. Um, just north of Orlando. Tallahassee? No, much, much closer. I, uh, oh, I don't know. I know. I can't think of the name of it right now. There's a big national forest right there. And, but, but, and it's like in a little hole. Like it's really cold there sometimes. It's only 15 minutes away from Orlando. And sometimes they were 10 degrees colder in the winter, which is a big deal. You know, if, if Orlando's hitting 32 and they're at 22, uh, that's, it's, you know, significantly oh. colder. But that's where almost all of the citrus production used to be. You drive through that area now, and there, you could tell there used to be citrus groves there, but they're really not there anymore. It's all moved much, much further south because of those hard freezes they kept getting. Mm. Yeah, and, and you hear a lot about um, citrus canker, and, and I don't really know much about it, but apparently the citrus trees have a really hard time, and I don't know what exactly it is, but everyone thinks of Florida and, you know, when they think of Florida, they think of oranges, kind of like Georgia peaches. You yeah, think of Florida, exactly. You think of orange. But I don't know what they do so great here. Or maybe they got some canker that spread. I don't I don't really know the, the details, but I have a feeling we're, we're dealing with that right now. So, well, you know, that's a, instead of just staring at it. That's a good watching topic. A guy, we're going to we're going to re- let, let's stick with that, because I, I was uh, I've got some notes on this topic i just haven't been able to put it into kind of an open yet for the show but one of the things i'm learning with all this gardening i'm doing and plants and this is still fairly new for me i'm on my like third year of really um kind of intensive gardening but it's like everything else i do if i get interested in something i really get into it and i read and i test and i try things one of the things that i'm learning and it's really, I'm seeing the proof of it over and over and over. You know, if you've ever tried to grow anything, a garden, plants, whatever, um, you said it's got this canker, you know, and, and that those things exist. There's no doubt. Plants have diseases just like humans do. The interesting thing is that even bugs, so there are lots of bugs that will try to eat your plants, depending on where you are and what kind of plant you're growing. It turns out that the healthier the plant is, the stronger the plant is, the stronger the plant's immune system is, the less likely it is to be affected by things like that, which on the surface seems logical. But when you think about bugs, why would a healthy immune system help that? And I don't even understand it completely i don't know why it happens but if you have a good healthy plant that doesn't have any problems for some reason the bugs don't eat it i mean i've had two plants right next to each other or 10 plants close to each other same kinds of plants and the bugs only go after one of the plants yeah that is true they you know i've read plenty of books that say to make sure to get ahead of the you know, the bugs by ensuring that your plants are healthy. Exactly. So, it, you know, it, it is a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's so, huh. 
So one of the first things I started doing now, when I see a plant with a problem, maybe it's getting, you know, one of those white powdery mildew. We have a lot of that because it can be really wet here sometimes, or if you water incorrectly. Um, So if I see a plant that's getting some powdery mildew, or I see a plant that's been eating, being eaten by bugs, of course, I want to go figure out how to solve that problem pretty quickly. I want to get rid of that powdery mildew. I want to get the bugs off that plant and protect it from those things. And that's what I do first. But then I immediately start figuring out what is not healthy about this plant. What am I missing that's allowing these things to happen? And that's a whole new mindset. I never used to think that way. I just used to think, well, the problem is the bug or the mildew. No, the problem is the plant isn't healthy enough. And that's a... Yeah. And it's the same thing for us. You know, when when something goes wrong with us, what is the first thing the doctor or our medical system does? Not the first thing, the only thing. All they do is try to take care of the symptoms. It's like saying, okay, this plant's being Mm -hmm. eaten by bugs. Let's get rid of the bugs and it'll fix the problem. No, another bug might show up. And now you got to deal with that bug. Go to the root cause of the problem. Is it funny we call it the root cause and now we're talking about plants that actually have roots? Um, you got to find the root <laughs> cause of the problem. Our health is the same way, but now I understand it's the same way with plants. So one of the things I want to recommend to you before you even replace that tree, you know, it's a living thing. I have this weird obsession with when a plant starts to go bad, I'll do almost anything I can to save that plant. Even if it would be easier to just take it out and put something else in, it's like a challenge. That's a living thing. I want to save it. You know, if I can save this thing, I'm going to try everything to save this. Um, Go to look up um, Dr. Jim's, J-I-M-Z. The website might even be drjims.com. Um, I'm not sure, but you'll be able to find it. This guy makes some of the most incredible fertilizers and plant foods I've ever seen. Um, And he, there is a product called tree secret. I would try that for a while and see if it'll save this thing. All right. I am going to go for it and I'm up for the challenge. Did you're familiar with that? book that was a big phenomenon has been out forever there's probably a hundred knockoff of knockoffs of it remember the book chicken soup for the soul yes i definitely do yeah and then they did the teenage chicken soup for the soul and your cousin's chicken soup i mean it it was a big deal went on and on and on Uh, (laughs) the the plant food that this guy makes i absolutely love this name he calls it chicken soup for the soil Oh, that's very clever of him. (laughs) That is. And the stuff is absolutely amazing. It's one of the only fertilizers I use. All right. I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, all natural and organic. But I I would try that tree secret and see if you can save this thing. I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a shot because it is looking worse and worse every day. It's interesting. Half of it is all spindly and, you know, like we're dying there's like no leaves on it and the other half looks somewhat decent so we're trying to figure out how that's possible because it gets the same amount of light all around same amount of water everything 
You know, the other thing that might be interesting, if you've got time, you might want to reach out to one of your local universities. And Oh, um, yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, I, they, they, ha- they actually do provide a ton of information. You're right. I want to say it's, um, I think the University of Florida does. I don't know. I'll, I'll definitely yeah, I, um, do a quick search and see. I, I would I reach find. out. A lot of times they have programs. I've, I've even seen some where they'll send some students out to look at things and help you. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I would reach out and see if you can I find would take them up. Like that. Yeah. That's a great idea, actually. I know it's just one tree and right. you could replace it. And it's not that big of a deal, but you know, it, it's, um, it, it's pretty cool when you have something like that and you actually end up saving it. I couldn't agree with you more. That's typically the way I do things. I'll have plants in the house outside that have been struggling for quite some time. <laughs> Finally, my husband's like, okay, it's time. It's time for you to <laughs> let this one later. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you but have it doesn't, to. It's not producing. Yeah. Sometimes you have to just let it go. Yeah. But it just, you know, it hasn't produced good tasting fruit since we've, you know, we've acquired the tree. Yeah. And there's a, there's another citrus tree not far from it, which is doing fine. It produces, the, the fruit's not, I wouldn't say it's super sweet, but it's okay. It's not sour either. It's just kind of bland, you know? Yeah. But I'm yeah. wondering if I try this tree secret, if it'll kind of just revive it and give it what it needs to, to taste well, a little bit better. I, I, I think it will. You know, we were talking about water earlier on the show today where it's the minerals in water that, you know, can change the flavor and taste in, in water. And it's the same thing in fruit and vegetables. It, it, flavor comes from minerals. Mm. And when you get very mineral deficient plants, they tend to be very bland. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a really good point, actually. Um, that Dr. Jim's has, oh, you won't need it, though. I was going to say they have another product that is like a pure mineral blend, but they put that into the tree secret. So you're getting that product already in the tree secret. So I'd give that stuff a try. Yeah, I'm going to look and I'm going to see what else he has because uh, I, you know, I just, I go to the plant store, ours that I typically go to, well, we have several of them, but Ace is really good about, um, at least our Ace hardware is really good about answering questions and they have a really great uh, plant section. And I don't know, I just, I feel like I never have been able to find the right kind of fertilizers for everything. And I would actually prefer to work with a liquid fertilizer a lot of them are not liquid that I've been finding. So um, I'm going to take a look at his website. I agree with you. I prefer liquids, and that's all, all of his for the most part. He has a cut the mineral supplement as a powder, but the tree secret, the chicken soup for the soil. If Do you have a lot of um, flowers in your yard? Yes, we have a lot of flowers. Then you have got to try his product called Bloom Kaboom. Bloom kaboom. I swear within a week, it will double the number of blooms you have on all your flowering plants. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Lisa loves that stuff because, you know, I do uh, the fruits and the vegetables and the plants and the trees. Lisa loves flowers. So she does flowers everywhere. She does them in her yard. She does them for the neighborhood. We, you know, we, we take 
Um, the, the big oak barrels and cut them in half. We buy used wine barrels. We cut them in half and make planters out of them. We put them around the neighborhood. And um, when I first started using this product, after a while, Lisa would be like, are you going to spray the bloom kaboom again? I'm like, I just did it last week. You know, how many more blooms do you think we're going to get? But it, it's incredible what it does for flowers. You know, I, I, um, it's interesting now that he has an entire section on his website dedicated to growing cannabis, too. Oh, really? Yeah. And the, wow, he's, he's in all of it. Yeah, the bloom kaboom is excellent because what are you really trying to get out of a cannabis plant? You're trying to get big buds. Those buds are like flowers mm -hmm. on most plants. That is the flower of the cannabis plant. So turns out this bloom kaboom is excellent for increasing the number and size of the buds from the plant. Wow. Pretty cool. He has dog stuff too and chicken feed. He has everything. And it's all natural. Every product I've tried from this company has just been amazing. Well, I'm so happy you told me about it. I'm definitely going to look into it further for sure. Yeah, give it a try. Good stuff. All right, uh, you and I could probably talk all day, but we've got some questions I want to answer first. Then we also have our uh, live one-on-one -on, -one on the line, so we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Let's go to California for another call. Brandy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, I too, uh, when I go to Lowe's and I see the plants that are, are dying discount, I think I too try to save them. Sort of began my ha uh, hobby in the truck where I save plants. Um, oh, that's cool. Regarding what you I, were talking I about, I love that. Yeah, it's <laughs> I I do too. It's it's kind of gotten out of hand. Um, but what you're talking about, like uh, saving plants, there's a thing on Instagram and uh, they're really short videos and he wrote two books and uh, I guess you would have to look it up by Creative Explained and you just take simple ideas and you put them together and they're, you know, they're, they make the solutions for some of that. So you might be able to find some of those answers there as well. Um, Piggyback, piggyback on one of the call uh, where the guy was talking about his wife's urgency. Um, I have to wonder, before COVID, you know, there used to be drivers' restrooms at these shippers and receivers, and then they put in the porta potties, and then COVID has basically gone away. They take out the porta potties, they don't bring back the bathroom. So you think you're going to a bathroom only to find out there is none, and then your urgency is sort of, you have to either stifle it. And I'm thinking, and I sort of have this problem um, that when I'm home, I'm fine. But when I'm on the road, uh, finding a bathroom, you know, I'll be got to get a place to park, you know, and oh, got to yeah. get out of the truck quickly. quickly. Yeah. And so Although, I decide, what did you think of, what would you think of that as possible the answer uh, to his question? I, you know, I didn't, I don't know whether she is even on the road with him or not. I, I'm not sure about that. Um, right. But even if it was, when you have good digestion, you should almost have really never have that kind of urgency like she described. She, I believe he said she eats and then, I mean, when she's got to go, she's got to go. Um, the way okay. it was described to me sounded like it wasn't just a matter of, you know, I've needed to do this for a while. I just can't find a bathroom. At some point, any of us would get to that point of urgency. But I, it didn't seem right. to me like that's what he was describing. 
Okay. Well, I have a small porta potty, but I refuse to go crap in it, and it's like, and that's kind of what seems to be my problem. That my body has now been trained by COVID. Uh, the un- well, unintended consequences. It, well, speaking of that, we can actually train our body the other way incorrectly. If you keep ignoring that yeah. urge, that will create constipation, and that can become chronic. Yeah. People who chronically say, oh, yeah, I probably should. I just don't have time. I'll wait, I'll do it later. Over time, that can create con- chronic constipation. I also have that cardio miracle uh, problem as well. Having it at night, I do have to frequently go. And so kind of like, uh, maybe. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, and I had one last thing. is that, you know, a lot of these stores now at the end of your purchase, they'll ask you, would you like to round up? And I thought, wouldn't it be me? I'd be willing to do it. Uh, whenever I bought something from your store to round up, to be putting up, somebody who maybe not can afford it maybe it's a gift um, as, as well you know you and, I, yeah. I want to address that because it, it's we've been asked this many many times over the years and and i love the fact that this is always brought up by our tribe they always come to us and they always say well what if we could donate to this or what if we did this we 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 want to give back and help more people i love that I tend to avoid it. I, 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 I don't want to go down that path of we're collecting money um, and then that money needs to be used for the benefit of other people, a, a charity, basically. I mean, we could create a 501c3 and, and do all of that. And it, it, it can help a lot of people. But there's also so much corruption in that world. Money gets mishandled. The next yeah. thing you know, the CEO's making three hundred thousand dollars a year. I kind of, I kind of meant like a phone call that would come in. It's like I can't afford it. Well, maybe because of the generosity of the drivers that have put I, I, in a little bit at a time after thing that you could help that one person that couldn't afford it that really needed that help. I'm willing to do it. I, I get it and I love it and we have a ton of people willing to help. I'm just a little gun shy about running that kind of a program. Okay. And, and, yeah, and look, here, here, here's, the, here's the thing. This is exactly why, though, we do at least the 10-minute discovery call free. Because we can help right. somebody a lot with that discovery call program. I know people think, oh, it's 10 minutes. What are they going to do? Lauren spends an hour to an hour and a half on every one of those calls. She puts a lot of work into it, and then she gives somebody a good, solid 30-day plan. We don't charge a thing for that. So that's kind of what we choose to do rather than run some sort of a donation charity program where, you know, now I've got to be accountable for all that money. And I'm not saying we would ever cheat. We would be the opposite. We would probably be putting money into it, never taking money out. But there have been so, so many issues with, with things like this. Well, here's another good example in trucking. I haven't talked about this, but I've been thinking about doing a show open um, the whole freedom convoy in the U.S. is now a disaster, and it looks like it's going to end up in court because everybody wants to know what the hell they did with all the money that got donated. Right. 
it, it's, it's really why we don't have donate now buttons on any of our websites. It's why we don't ask either one of the trucking tribes. We don't have any donation program there. Um, it, we, we just kind of stay away from that stuff. Okay. Um, I don't know if you also know that Israel is about to get into the oil producing business. So maybe things will change out here. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine Israel could produce all that much oil that it's going to make much of a difference in the world, but I guess anything helps. Yeah, that's all. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Iowa. Jim, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you today? Doing good. What's on your mind? Well, my wife has some issues, and I've been trying to get her to try carnivore. The big problem is she's not a great big meat eater. She's not, um, yeah, and I didn't know if we, you know, there was some other plans that we could use, or, you know, we, she did a NutriQ, we could go through something, and, and Lauren could work with her to maybe get her, because there's high blood pressure, and Acid reflux is the big thing. Okay. And uh, so, I was just trying to see yeah, what you guys thought. Well, she, I, I would absolutely, I would, oh, Lauren, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was yeah, just going to say I would 100% take advantage of the discovery call. Yes. Um, mainly, a lot of people they that don't have, you know, they're not really into eating meat. A lot of that has to do with, um, you know, they're not digesting it properly, so they don't feel great after they eat it. So whether they know that or not, um, that's why they're typically not into eating meat. So once you get that under control, and you did already mention that she is dealing with acid reflux, so that's telling me right there that she probably has low stomach acid, and, uh-huh. you know, we can help her with that easily. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I just, you know, I know at one point, one time she got sick on some meat and it's got to be done dead. You know, it, it, it will be, she can eat it with a pink, but she doesn't like to watch me even eat my meat because I like some of that fluid running out of it when it's hot. But, um, yeah, so, but yeah. So Jim, I'll jump in here and Lauren, you said exactly what I was about to say. I think you hit it right on the head. I don't think she enjoys eating meat because she has weak stomach acid and that can cause nausea and heartburn and all kinds of things. I I think you're absolutely on the right track with that. Uh, One other thing I want to say, Lauren, I think you're kind of like the perfect co-host for me. I've had other co-hosts and it didn't always work out well. Um, And I think the reason is you're confident and you just jump right in, which is what I want. If somebody doesn't jump right in, I'll just keep talking. I, I'm a bad co-host because <laughs> I just keep talking. Uh, but the, I love that you just jumped right in there and, and did that one. And it's exactly what I would have said. Um, Jim, the other thing uh-huh. I would ask when it comes to let, let's not just think meat right now. Let's think animal products, fish, anything yeah. that comes out of the ocean, clams, mussels, oysters, crab, lobster, shrimp. I mean, eel, there's a lot of stuff that comes out of the ocean that we can eat. Let's think about that. Let's think about eggs. Eggs are carnivore. Cheese is carnivore. Yeah, the cheese part, the egg part, she's not a yolk person. 
killing egg whites oh. all, all day. It yeah, well, d- well, tell her to stop eating egg whites by themselves. That's a really bad idea. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, don't, don't eat egg whites well, by themselves. Wanna- and I'm not going to get into it right now, but there can be a problem with a nutrient called biotin when, you, when you're only eating egg whites. You just shouldn't do it. Let's just say that. If you're going to eat the egg, okay. eat the whole damn egg, or only eat the yolk. You can actually just eat the yolk, and that's where all the nutrition is anyway. So eating just egg whites yeah. is a really bad idea. There's almost no nutrition, and it actually has some anti-nutrient properties to it. So if she doesn't like eggs okay. or she can't eat the yolk, well, then just skip the eggs. Does she like seafood of any kind? Yeah, she does like uh, some of the seafood stuff. It's just so we can get get the good stuff shipped into us so we can yes. eat it. Yes, um, do that then. It's and, worth the money, and I know okay. it. Really good quality seafood is expensive, but it's worth it. And if that's what she'll eat, that's that's better than meat. I mean, I'd much rather yeah. see her eat some tuna or salmon or mackerel than just a steak. Seafood yeah. is is very very nutritious. So lean heavy okay. on the the seafood. Um, some dairy, obviously, eggs aren't going to work. Now, when it does come to meat, what if if you said, "Honey, you get to eat whatever meat you want for dinner tonight, cooked however you want it." What would it be? What is a, a meat dish that she actually likes? Um. She likes meatloaf. She likes uh, she likes round steak, the, the cube steak fried. Uh, and I for Mother's Day, I took cube steak and floured it a little bit with some almond flour and fried it in lard. And she loved it. Awesome. Um, and so that kind of stuff she does. I don't know that I can get her eat or get her to eat it more than twice a week, but well, no, but um, I, I could eat that every day because that's the way grandma used to fix it. But. Yeah, but here's the way you start thinking of it. You find one d- meat dish that she likes and she'll eat that, oh, once or twice a week. Okay, good. She likes seafood. Okay, let's do that once or twice a week. Now, really, we might have already covered four days of the week. There's only three left. Okay. I mean, find another yeah. <laughs> meat dish that she really likes and lean heavy okay. on the stuff she does like to eat. Okay. Well, I have a question I, about I, the eggs, though, real quick. Go ahead. Lee. In terms of the eggs, I, I understand she doesn't like the yolk. Is it that she doesn't like a runny yolk, or she doesn't like... She, yeah, she like, doesn't you make like a, the runny yolk. Uh, what about a scrambled egg with the yolk? Sometimes it's got to be dry. You know, you, you know dry. sometimes some people let them... It's got to be dry. Well, that's okay. I think dry. part of it. But yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's just getting her to, to eat the, it, it's, I think, a mental thing partly. Oh, it, it, so, I, uh, I get it. Yeah. Um, but I also, I, do, I, but I, I, I also want to go Eating a scrambled back. egg is better than not eating egg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. I do want to go back to Lauren's original comment. I completely agree with her. A NutriQ and a discovery call would go a long way here. I will. I will try to get that done. And uh, uh, I'm gone all week, so I'll try to get her to do it. See if I can get her to. I will do the NutriQ 
I can help her do that. But it, as far as getting the, the, the discovery call, I have to counter on her doing it herself. And uh, hey, hey, Stephen, work it that, that way. No, you don't. You two could be on the call together. We don't have a problem. Yeah, with I that. guess we could. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, I I take calls yeah, like I, that. Um, you know, several. Okay. I've had several of them, okay. so it's not a problem. Yeah, I, we can tie. I guess we can tie the calls together. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. I will try that, and because uh, I want to get her off all these damn medicines, and uh, and I'm trying to ferment a bunch of more different different vegetables that I take in the truck and get her to try them and Excellent. get her to eat those too. Good. So good. Okay. All right. Thank you for the information. Thank you for all you do. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Hey, Lauren, I want to jump completely off topic here and talk about something we just touched on a little bit last week. Um, you're Cuban, right? Yes. Okay. I'm half Cuban, a quarter Nicaraguan. Got it. So we just touched on chimichurri. I think it was last week. It's somewhere recently. Um, yes. Chimichurri is kind of like, it, it's a very generic term. It's kind of like saying salsa or sauce, or there's a lot of different chimichurri recipes. That, they all share certain things like most salsas and sauces do. But to say chimichurri doesn't really tell you a lot. There's very different styles of chimichurri. Um, the other thing that comes to mind that I love is, um, oh, darn, I just drew a blank on the name. When you take raw seafood and you put it in acid um and you oh ceviche 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 same thing i love ceviche it's one of my favorite foods almost every country has very different styles of ceviche so chimichurri is kind of the same way typically chimichurri is very heavy in herbs um cilantro parsley i've seen a couple others that get thrown in once in a while i've even seen some recipes with some mint in them very very heavy on herbs they're usually fresh and then there's usually a little bit of oil and quite a bit of vinegar there's a vinegar component in chimichurri which i think is why i like it so much um it's one of those things i just started getting into the last couple of years and I really, really like it a lot. I love a good chimichurri with like grilled and smoked and charred meats. So mm-hmm. do you have like a, is there like a Cuban style of chimichurri? You know, I don't know of one, but it's funny that you, Yeah, I remember last week when you were talking about chimichurri for a second. And I actually posted a very basic um, chimichurri sauce recipe on um, Healthy Tribe, like the same time that you were talking about it, Um, because I had already made it and I had already taken the photo. But that's like really, really basic. And chimichurri, if I'm correct, is from Argentina originally, at least. I think so. You know, that's that's like where the most basic is. Yeah. but let me think about, oh, I think our equivalent is mojo, M-O-J-O, mojo. Okay. Yeah, I think you yep, might be right. That would be, yeah, that, I think that would be um, the closest thing to a chimichurri because it has, you know, the uh, the garlic sauce, it has um, citrus 
typically they use like uh, orange and lemon yeah, um, or lime for citrus. Um, and then, so a lot of garlic and I can't recall what the green is in it. I guess it doesn't have as much herbs as the, um, the chimichurri, but it is, I think that that would be, you know, kind of the equivalent I, I, I to think a chimichurri right. sauce and, yeah, I, I, I yeah. think you're right. Um, so I now have an excellent, really simple to make chimichurri sauce that I absolutely love. And it's not a real traditional, like I, it, it has the herbs, they're not fresh, they're dried. But it's also got a chili in it, a, a ground up chili, a very specific chili called aji molito. And um, I'm looking this up right now because I made it the other day and I just want to get back to um, the notes I had on this because I'm actually going to call this, instead of calling it um, chimichurri because it might get confusing with all the other different recipes, I'm going to call this 3-2-1 sauce. Because that's the easiest way to remember how to make this. So, um, you know, we have the new vendor in the store, Patagonia. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly seafood, but they also have a couple spice blends. And one of their spice blends, they actually call it chimichurri. And it's a, it, it's got all the right dried herbs in there for a traditional chimichurri, but then they also add this aji molito um, ground chili. It doesn't have a lot of heat at all. It's got a really unique flavor, though. So here's why this is so easy to make. You don't have to go out and buy a bunch of fresh herbs like you normally need for um, to make this. It comes in the package. You can go in our store right now and buy this. And by the way, since I'm talking about it, we brought in so many new products the last couple of weeks. Um, Lisa started a special 10% off any of the new products in the store. So Patagonia, um, the um, walnut butters we brought in, all the new products, 10% off, I think, till Friday. So if you go buy this chimichurri spice packet, it is three tablespoons of the spice packet, Two tablespoons of oil. Oh, here's the other trick. You always mix this in a measuring cup. And the measuring cup should be at least like two cups because you're going to make a little more than a cup of the sauce. But here's why it's so easy to remember. Three, two, one. So get a measuring cup. Put three tablespoons of the spice blend in. Two tablespoons of the oil And then you fill the rest of the way up to the one cup mark with a really good quality red wine vinegar. That's it. Three, two, one. So simple. And I will say this chimichurri is the most acidic. There's a lot of vinegar in here. That's why I said get yourself a good quality red wine vinegar, something you like the taste of. Don't buy the cheap stuff for this. But it's really acidic and kind of vinegary, and I love that. And this sauce over grilled or smoked meats is just incredible, and it's so easy to make. That sounds awesome. 
we have to we'll have to put that up in uh, in healthy tribe as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's get that done. Um, yeah, that was uh, that. Uh, I just made some last night, and I did it with um, bone-in skin on chicken thighs that I did in the air fryer. And it was just, I think I ended up eating like five chicken thighs. Oh my God. I, I normally don't eat that much, but it was so good. I just couldn't stop. And I think I almost went through that whole cup of chimichurri sauce. It was so good. Wow. Oh, and then the other yeah, thing. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I actually, this is actually becoming one of my favorite spice blends now. Not just to make the chimichurri with, but just to use it as a spice rub. Hmm, that's a good idea too. So just dry. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So that sounds great. Check it out. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get to our one-on-one? Mm, no, I think I think I'm pretty ready to. Uh, to tackle this one-on-one it's it's a little bit of a challenge so yeah it's uh there's a lot going on (laughs) it is i'm gonna bring steven in right now we've got him on the line uh i'm gonna let you kind of take over and run this uh i have to admit i'm not as prepared as i should have been today i did all my homework yesterday but i don't have all my documents and my notes opened right now for some reason, I thought we were going to have a break in between these two, but it's we always take the break before our Q&A. I got confused about that, so I thought I was going to have time to get prepared. Um, so I'm going to turn this no over worries. to you to get started on this. Um, I'll bring up all my notes, and uh, I'll jump in and help out. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's, uh, let's bring in Stephen. Stephen, welcome. Thank you. And uh, can you hear me? We can. And thanks so much yeah, for, uh, for doing this with us. Uh, you know, I know it's not always easy to come on the air and talk about a lot of these things for some people, but this really helps. So thank you for this, for being willing to do this with us and come on the air and do it. Because I think when people hear this, they hear the results, they hear the process, they get a lot more comfortable with it. And uh, our discovery calls and one-on-ones, we can help a lot of people with. So uh, again, thanks for that. Lauren, go ahead. All right, Stephen. So just to let everyone know, Stephen and I worked together on a discovery call probably about a month ago. Um, and so he did, he did leave that call with a few, you know, things to kind of play around with and try out. Um, but he's not new to this. He's not new to, to trying to, um, you know, get to the bottom of these, these concerns that he has, his health concerns. So, um, so I'm just going to give you guys kind of a, an idea of, of where we started. So, Stephen, your main concerns, if, um, if you don't mind me saying, were um, heartburn, diabetes, high triglycerides, and memory loss, correct? Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. It's like, like um, a digestion is in there, but it seems like they're all tied together maybe, and I'm not sure. That's why I keep, keep plugging along at this. Um, like I said, I, I think I mentioned to you, I worked with Michael Rutherford, you know, one-on-ones, even after he left Let's Truck, and I've done the courses, you know, the Digestive Jumpstart, and the Metabolic Syndrome courses, the Info Stack, and so on, and made leaps and bound progresses, but it just seems like it 
you know, you make progress and then you fall back and you make progress and you fall back. And, and, uh, it's really, uh, frustrating because it's not like I'm falling back to old habits. There's no grains in the house. There's no soda pop in the house. There's no sugars in the house. Uh, we don't eat out. Um, sometimes when friends want to come up, come to town and take us out to dinner, I'll, I won't even eat. I'll just have iced tea and visit. So I'm actually probably cleaner than, and I, I know sometimes people might say, hey, I'm clean, but we, we really are. Um, I really am. Um, I've had bad health literally all my life, and it wasn't until about my age 50 that I had been listening to Kevin for a lot of years on the radio and, and started uh, started following his progress, and, I, and I've made leaps and bounds with it. But, for example, on the heartburn, it I made progress with that thing and it went away for over a year and then it just came back for some, for some reason. So, and it was affecting my sleep and, and all kinds of other things. Um, joint pain. I think that, uh, maybe some bone loss and all kinds of things going on there, but it's kind of hard to pick a number one. You know, like when you do the nutrients, it's what's your number one concern. And I just, it's hard to put your finger on one. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want you to feel like you have to choose just one because they're all, you know, they're all, all concerns of yours and, you know, we want to address them all. So, I, you know, why don't you tell everyone listening, though, a little bit about, about your progress because you've made huge progress. You lost over 100 pounds. Um, you got yeah. a ton of medications. Why don't you just give us a quick update on, on, on that? Well, I was, uh, I was in the hospital one year, seven times with acute pancreatitis. And, um, that was just before Kevin had done his hundred book, uh, in one year, you know, deal. And he came back with all this information and I was ready to do anything. I mean, uh, short of jumping off of a cliff. Um, so the health was bad. Um, it affected literally everything in my life. Like everything at home kind of just fell apart. I missed programs and games because if I wasn't working, I was in the hospital. I go to work and then I go to the hospital. So it was really, um, really fortunate that I had already been listening to Kevin on the radio for a lot of years. And then we jumped into the, the Cheeto live, you know, course and, and I learned so much and got off of, so I was on over 300 units of insulin a day, statins, uh, phenofibrates, um, blood pressure medicine, um, some psych med, you know, I called them my happy pills, um, I was just on like two handfuls of medicine a day and nothing was right. You know, it just didn't feel good. Even when you was with friends and family, you just, you're quietly suffering. You know, you don't want to complain outwardly, but your quality of life was just wasn't there. And started with this, uh, this course that Kevin put out and I, I bought it as soon as I was available to buy it and lost over a hundred pounds. I got, uh, I, uh, I was misdiagnosed with pancreatic cancer, misdiagnosed with peripheral artery disease, misdiagnosed, misdiagnosed, misdiagnosed. Holy I don't know if you remember God. that episode of uh, House, you know, where they say, well, let's, we don't know what's wrong with him, so let's give him some medicine. If he doesn't turn blue, give him a little more or, you know, let's up the dose or change. It, it, I really felt like I was in an episode of House and, and my first uh, acute pancreatic attack, I was really close to the nurse's station and they didn't know what was going on. And I actually heard the doctor, let's, let's get him out of here. We don't want him dying on our watch. So they were going to transfer me out. And the doctor, the doctor that figured out what was wrong with me. Um, yeah, he saved my life. But on the other hand, he over-medicated me. 
because um, he was just so worried about A1C numbers and cholesterol numbers and so on and so forth. So I was, he just loaded me up with medication after he saved my life <laughs> from the acute pancreatic attack that no one knew what was going on. So the journey has been literally straight uphill. It was not, not even a hill. It's a, it's a cliff for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I lost an awful lot of weight and got off an awful lot of medicine. And, and then actually I have a hard time with doctors because they, I told them what I was going to do. And they said, well, if you do this, you're going to die. <laughs> and uh, like, like the heartburn, um, you know, my triglycerides were like eight, 900 regularly. And they said, if you do this diet, you're going to die. And then I was on, I'd done the, the keto course. I changed my diet and I went to the doctor a year later. They were down to 147 or 49. I can't remember. Wow. Um, on the high fat diet. That's incredible. And, but like the heartburn, they've kind of jumped back up and I haven't reverted to the old diet. I, I, I haven't fallen off the wagon. Um, the only, the only time sometimes when we're gone, like we went to a trade show in Denver here a few months ago and we were out of town for four or five days. So, um, you did eat out, but no breads, you know, no dressings, um, you no buns, you know, if you order a burger, you're just taking basically everything off of it. Um, just enough to keep you going. And I really do well with the Hindi cake coffee, but, uh, Michael was concerned that I wasn't getting enough nutrients. So he wanted me to stop the nutrient, you know, the Hindi cake coffee and start eating more. And I started having troubles right away. I feel better when I, I don't eat. Um, I don't eat much. I eat maybe one meal a day and still just having, having issues. So we tried the AIP diet, which, um, it was, that was tough. That was the toughest one, I guess. But I agree. It didn't seem to make much progress. <laughs> Stephen, I'll, so it, it was a tough. <laughs> I, I, I'll jump. I'll jump in there real quick because I've done AIP paleo twice. It is the hardest diet for me to do because you have to give up all the nightshades. And I, I yes. the the good news for me is at least both times I tried it, it fixed my problem. The the better news is I don't have to stay on it to keep the problem away. Um, I know what I have to do to right. keep the problem away. But you're right, AIP Paleo was was tough for me. Um, I, I'm going to jump in real quick, Lauren. You and I have not talked a lot about this case at all, and and we don't. We do that on no. purpose. Um, we mm-hmm. like to kind of do these things on the fly, and I think we get. You know, so I, I'm just kind of looking at this. I looked at it yesterday. I'm kind of looking at it cold. You have this history, and you guys have been working on this a lot. And this is an incredible case. I love what you've done. Um, I, you know, right off the bat, looking at the notes in the case and what everybody's been through and looking at what you're dealing with now, things coming back, heartburn coming back a little bit, some digestive issues in the brain fog. I see two things that jump out at me, and Lauren, I'm wondering if this is kind of the direction you are taking or if you have something else. Um, The two things that jump out at me, um, a stress level of 10, uh, that's that's what you're claiming, your your stress is at at a 10, and a lot of us feel like that right now, and a recent round of antibiotics. I I think those are the two, two things we really need to focus on. Three. That's One a, more. I'm going to add. Okay. The lack of sleep. Your sleep is rating rated at a four oh, out of good ten. Point. Good point. Yep. Yep. 
so we've made progress with the sleep. Um, I have changed the diet and I'm finding that we need to buy another cow. Um, I'm digging in the freezer and I'm running out of steaks. It's <laughs> probably down to roast and stuff. So it's kind of hard. I'm not, uh, not trying to follow the diet recommendation that you said out there, but we're, we're, it's time to buy another cow. We're, we're not finding what we need in our freezer, but we have made progress. Uh, it's been a week since, uh, well, more than that, I guess, since you send me that, uh, that protocol for to change my diet and I did cut out vegetables and I did cut out nuts and um everything got better. I have I had a probably a week of really good sleep. Last night was the first night that I had a little little bout of heartburn but it um it, it didn't it wasn't one of those keep you up all night things. Mm-hmm. And some of the some of the stress was obviously work related. Um, the, the place where I worked for the last 13 years shut down. Um, tight budget. We have foundation problems. So my exercise hasn't been what it should be because I've been out there running a shovel and a pick for my exercise for the last few weeks, and and we're working on that still. So you know that's a big a big deal. But I have done the Dave Ramsey you know budgeting, and so I'm sticking to a pretty tight budget. Good. And so, so, you know, it, I think that can, it's starting to come down a, a little bit. I would say I had a week of pretty good sleep. I told my wife a few days ago, she goes, you look, you look great. And I'm like, I, I, I really feel better. So Good. I've made progress since we, since we last spoke. Um, and quite possible last night might've been, um, I love onions, but I, I had some, I snuck a big meatball with had some onions and it, it might've been the problem. But, um, so we've made some progress there, and I think the stress level starting to taper down since early into this project, and we're seeing the end of the financial bleeding <laughs> for the project. <laughs> and uh, so um, I have, we have money. Like I said, I, you know, I've, I've uh, I took the Dave Ramsey plan to the nth degree, so we, we're good for a few years um, as long as we stay on the budget and so on and so forth. So it's starting to taper down. Things are starting to get better, and I have had some pretty good sleep here recently. So we could probably take all that down a few notches. And then I did want to mention the, the reason for the, uh, antibiotics was a really weird one. And, it, um, for no reason, I just kind of woke up with a uh, groin pain and I ended up with a weird virus, which I never got a name to I ended up in the emergency room. And my right testicle was the size of a gourd in a couple of days. Wait a minute. And I- that was, <clears throat> I just had a thought. I read that and totally missed this. You don't give antibiotics for a virus. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, right. It, I totally now, unless they misspoke or misdiagnosed or enough, maybe I misheard it because I was on some pain meds, but uh, um, it did work. The, the, the swelling did go down, but I, I don't know if that's, some, if that's somehow related. The reason I wanted to bring that up is it was weird. It was out of the blue. I've never heard of it. I, I got a lot of men in my family. I work with a lot of men. No one, I've never heard of that, you know. Well, I, uh, And then there was one other case in town, so. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not too concerned about that, what it was or why it happened. I mean, viruses exist in the okay. world, and, and there are some nasty viruses that can kill us no matter how strong our immune system is. Um, but the real okay. key here is that I'm a big believer in antibiotics if they're going to save somebody's life, and they they do. 
They're actually yeah. one of the few drugs that we have that addresses the root cause of a problem. Antibiotics don't address the symptoms. They address the root cause. We have this bacteria that's causing a problem and antibiotics mm-hmm. kill bacteria. So when they're used properly, I think it's one of the best class of drugs we have. But the problem is we keep using them improperly. You don't give an mm-hmm. antibiotic for a virus. It doesn't work. Now, you said it went away, right. and, and <clears throat> I, that was probably just your own body's immune system fighting off that virus, and, and it won, and that's a good I thing. Did. But the right. problem with giving the antibiotics, you could say, oh, well, it didn't work, but no big deal. Oh, no, it is a big deal, because those antibiotics did work. They went in there and killed bacteria, like they're supposed to, yeah. but bacteria wasn't the problem, and we don't want to go in and kill bacteria if we don't have to. Definitely the digestion got worse yeah. that period, but it's kind of always been an issue. So um, try to take that. Yeah, there's no surprise. I'm not sure where to put that. Yeah, there's no surprise that it got worse. Um, but I mean, the good news is, you know, you you seem to be in a decent spot with it, at least, you know, from this, you know, the symptoms on the NutriQ, the questions, you know, are showing that you're in, you know, low priority, but I would still, you know, still start eating some, you know, fermented foods and even supplementing with some uh, probiotics would be helpful as well. Yes. Um, But yeah, that's a very strange thing to have occurred. I would love to know what that virus was called. Um, um, But I do have another question because last time we spoke, you mentioned that you were drinking a lot of Topo Chico's, like carbonated water, usually with your meal. And we, one of the th- recommendations that I had given you was to limit and actually to stop drinking the carbonated um, drink with your meal, because mm-hmm. that can actually yep. put you in a, you know, in a, you know, fight or flight state, um, which yep. takes away mm-hmm. from digestion. I was wondering, did you get a chance to try that and did it help at all? Yes, I've done it all. I, I quit drinking, um, um, the top of Chico's in it, and like I said, the vegetables and the nuts. I, I, I did it all. I didn't just try one. I I kind of just did it. <laughs> so I don't know if okay. maybe I should have just eliminated one and see if it made a difference. Eliminated the other, seeing if it made a difference. But um, I was kind of desperate. Uh, you know, if you feel you feel uh, like up against the wall, so I'm like, I'm not I'm not drinking them anymore. So. And it wasn't, it was more just seeking flavor because I drink, I've always, I'm kind of just a thirsty person and always have been. I'll, I drink gobs of water every day and use the light balance. And, or if I'm away from home, I'll just use some sea salt or whatever. But um, I was just breaking up the monotony of the water with, uh, with the Tapo Chico, like the lime, the lime Tapo Chico. And oh, so I just, I just okay. got some. Got some uh, lemons and squeeze them in a jar, and then I was just using that in my water to supplement. But the carbonation was kind of nice and refreshing, and um, it was a treat more than it was a necessity. Yeah, well, the thing about carbonation as well is that um, it's, you know, carbon dioxide, and when that mixes with the water, it can produce a carbonic acid. So it can actually Mm -hmm. reduce the amount of, you know, hydrochloric acid that your stomach will release. Um, which could, you know, obviously affect your digestion, especially in the upper 
GI, which is where most of your issues are. Um, cause you're in the, now that, you know, we want to remind everyone I'm looking at the symptom burden graph from the NutriQ. So the results from taking the NutriQ and that's showing that your upper GI is in the medium closer to the high priority range. Um, so, you know, taking away those carbonated drinks should definitely help. And I actually dove quite deep into what these carbonated drinks can do. Um, so, apparently, you know, we, we do know that, you know, they can have like a physiological stress. So, they can put you in that sympathetic state, the one, the fight or flight state. So, mm-hmm. obviously, we know that that's bad for digestion. Um but there were studies done in the 50s and 60s that showed, like, um, it was studies done on type 2 diabetics, and they, they were claiming that they frequently drink carbonated mineral waters before their diagnosis. I thought that was really interesting. I came across it recently. And, and they talk about, you know, the carbon dioxide tension and how it can affect um, the liver. And it can actually increase blood sugar levels. So I thought that was really interesting and something um, that we might want to look, you know, further into, but um, something just to kind of think about. And another thing yeah. I wanted to do since we're, we're treating this like a, you know, like a normal kind of a session, like a one-on-one session is just to go over medications and supplements with you. Um, so everyone knows where you stand with that. Um, so okay. are you still on metformin? I am. I cut that down in half. I'm hopefully to get that off. I tried that with Michael. We were doing the berberine and we cut the, um, metformin out and it was, it just didn't seem to see the effect and my sugars definitely went up, but, um, I was on 2000 a day and I was taking 500 in the morning, 500 at night. Um, okay. <clears throat> okay. So I'm um, still on I that. wanted I wanted you to know as well. So we have um, a great book. Actually, Kevin had recommended it to me because it's called, it's called Drug Muggers, basically. And it's which medications are robbing you of your essential nutrients. So it's really wonderful in that you can look up different medications that you could be on. And it'll tell you um, what nutrients you're most likely going to be deficient in when you're taking those medications. And what complications could result from those medications as well. And Mm -hmm. I wanted you to know that when I looked into it further, that metformin, it it can deplete CoQ10, B6, B12, and folic acid. Yeah. So when you think about that, and it could also contribute to memory loss. And I know that memory loss is one of your main concerns. So really getting your blood sugar regulated, you know, enough to where you can come off of that metformin should be one of your, you know, top priorities for sure. Sure. Um, yeah, and it is. Um, but when we tried it in the past, we just, I couldn't find a combination that would help me there. Like the, like the berberine didn't seem to help, for example. And maybe um, there, was, there was a time when I was at the plant, or I, I worked at a gas plant. Um, seven on, seven off, alternating days and nights. And the stress, the stress level was pretty high because um, they cut our staff in half. So we were working double hours and so on and so forth. 
that was going on during that as well. So maybe we could try that again. Maybe and it would work this time, but I'm definitely willing to give it a go. I just, we tried and it didn't work at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, just something to think of and, you know, making sure that you're supplementing those key uh, nutrients that that medication is depleting. So um, CoQ10, your B vitamins and folic acid, you know, we want to make so, sure yeah, that we're getting... The B12 pills from, I ordered from Let's Truck, and then I got the Cardio Miracle. I've been taking that for a while. And I'm sure that has CoQ10, right, Kevin? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, other than that, um, I mean, what's really interesting to me is how your blood sugar is still, you know, is still so high. Um, and the things that, I, that, you know, like, like we said, the top things that I'm thinking that are contributing to it are the lack of sleep and the stress. Um, happy to hear that those are improving for sure. But I'm wondering um, what kind of other things that, you know, you can be doing in order to yeah. address these. So like a stress buster protocol, um, you know, yeah. making sure you, you know, you're getting enough sleep. So creating a routine for, you know, for yourself, making sure that you're going to bed at the same times at night and waking up at the same time as best as you can. Um, yeah. making sure that you're getting outside every day. Cause that, you know, that is very, very healing. And, and it really gets your circadian rhythm kind of back on track. Um, avoiding, you know, lights before bed, especially blue lights before bed. So, um, using that was going to be tough. I'm going to I'm gonna oh, take yeah? it downstairs. I think my wife likes to watch, put the TV on as well. <laughs> That's the one that I might not have control over. Um, um, mm. I might have to sleep downstairs. <laughs> but well, outside that- every day, I, I am outside every day. Um, right. And I ground. I got the Wim Hof app. Doing the breathing, the cold showers, and. So I'm definitely trying to be proactive and going forward with, with trying things and not just the status quo. But one thing I was trying to try to solve for all this is things get good and then they just go back and then they get good and they go back, get back. So it doesn't matter if it's sugar handling or um, triglycerides or what. It just it goes good to bad, good to bad, good to bad, and with without able to look at my diet or exercise or anything or seeing anything crazy that that would correlate. Um, I'm just kind of, you know, at an impasse there, what I'm doing wrong. Question. Did you, um, are you able to incorporate, I know uh, it was a recommendation prior, but are you able to add, you know, organ meat into your diet? Because I have the same concern that you mentioned, Michael had that you're not getting enough nutrients. And if you're not getting enough nutrients, then you're not going to be able to do normal functions. Your body just won't be able to perform normal functions that it needs to. So well, we're, we're out. <laughs> so what? like I said, the cow, the cow's getting depleted. We ate the liver and the heart and all that you know, yes. probably the first few weeks. So um, we don't have a, a pretty good source of it. You know, there's this local grocery store. We live in a small town in Northwest Colorado, so it's not like, the selection of groceries or whatever is really good. So we're really trying to have to order stuff off- offline. 
And mm. so we've been out of that organ meat for a while. But I, I, I looked at the supplement recommendations and I plan on just probably ordering some of those for now. That's what I would do. If you can't get it, I mean, you know, I looked at you for a while. You kept a pretty detailed uh, food journal, which was really helpful for me to, to go through. And <laughs> just just not seeing enough, you know, food going in. And if you're not yeah. getting enough nutrients, you know, and, and organ meats are, you know, super high in nutrients. They're very nutrient dense. So making sure that if you don't have the actual meat, you know, then, then you're actually supplementing. Um, I definitely recommend that for one other thing I want to jump in and explore a little bit. Um, catch me up to speed on where we are with your blood sugars. Now, I know you've lost a lot of weight. Um, you're off many of the medications for blood sugar, but it sounds like there still might be some blood sugar issues. Are there? Yeah, um, they are. There are. And it's, it's literally, like I said, literally everything um, is like, an ebb and a flow. My well, sugars and, really get really, really, really good. And then they kind of go back, but not horrible. Not, you're not like yeah, I'm over 150 yeah. consistently. My fasting blood sugar, sugar this morning was 100 and I hadn't eaten anything since like 7:30. So it still seemed like it should get a little high. No, you know, see, from, I, 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 from, I don't have a problem with 100 fasting. I, I really don't. I, I don't think that's that big of an issue. One of the things I, I wanted to bring up, if we think there are still some blood sugar issues, and I'm not sure there really is. If there were, um, have you ever had a C-peptide test done? No. Okay. So how long were you? I think you, we talked about it. Okay. How long were you diabetic? Well, Diagnosed since 2000, and they say that I probably might have been diabetic all my life, but I don't trust anybody no, I, anymore, really. I, yeah, but even <laughs> even if we just say 2000, that was 22 years ago. That's a long time. Yeah. And it probably was at least 30 years ago. So when they say you, were, you yeah. may have been diabetic your whole life, I don't know where they came up with that. Um, but I, I do think it's been a long time. And here's one of the things we're starting to see as more of a pattern that when somebody was diabetic for a long time, we don't always get the same consistent results. Now, you got great results. You lost a lot of weight. And that tells us we've got blood sugar under control because you only lose weight when we start to lower insulin. So we know that. Mm -hmm. But what we are also seeing and somebody just changes their diet just a little bit and blood sugar issues come back again. I believe the reason is because the longer you're diabetic, the more we kind of wear out your pancreas and your pancreas just doesn't produce as much insulin as just a normal healthy person would. And that allows blood sugar to climb again. And when blood sugar climbs, then we could start to see these other symptoms so I'm almost thinking there may be some um, some insufficiency here on insulin production. Yeah, um, Michael and I addressed that. He said my insulin levels were down and, and good. Like he said that my insulin levels were below his. So that was something that would maybe a concern that I wasn't producing enough insulin. Although um, there was evidence that I was producing insulin. Um, I think was it the creatine or something like that. The creatine levels are 
Yeah, they're anyway. And they're on. There's a. There. I downloaded. I think. I think all my blood results onto the. Um. Uh, my uh, dashboard there. Okay. And might be able to go back and look at those. Um, I had a little computer glitch. That's why I quit entering. I, my computer kind of crashed on me. I put the thumb drive in and it crackled and the screen went black. So, <laughs> so I'm down for a little bit, but I'll get back, back to that. Yeah. And there are a couple other markers we can look at. So I'll go look at that. But ultimately, if, if there is some insufficiency and you're not producing enough insulin, then we just need to deal with that. And the way we deal okay. with it is you just either go lower carb or you stick to really low carb. So carnivore, um, you know, we, we call it kind of temporary. For some people, it might be a whole lot longer. I mean, if our body do- just doesn't produce enough insulin, then the way to offset that is, is just don't put in any carbohydrates. Then we don't need the insulin. Mm-hmm. So, but then I'll go back to Lauren's main point on carnivore. We do have to work really hard to make sure we're getting all the nutrition we need. Yeah. And I've got some supplements coming post haste. Um, I had a pretty good let's truck bill here this month already. So, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> uh, last couple of months have been pretty big, but yeah, um, yeah. I'll get those supplements coming. But, uh, but I was already, um, kind of carnivore I, I was a bad kid I didn't like eating my vegetables and I still don't really care for vegetables um, I'll, I'll just throw in a fork full of stuff here and there so I was already kind of carnivore and I like the bubby pickles the fermented pickles and the sauerkraut you know let me let, let me say something though because I, I sometimes it's hard for us to get our head around this there are a lot of people who don't like vegetables a lot it's like a really common thing. Maybe we should look at that. Maybe there's a clue there. If these vegetables are supposed to right. be so damn good for us, how come there's an awful lot of people that just don't like them? I mean, honestly, right. if, if we put somebody out in the wild and we have the, you know, the option of are you going to eat a rabbit or a wild pig or are you going to eat a, you know, a root? Uh, come on. Which one tastes better? I, I don't even people who don't like meat. Absolutely. It, it's not even close. So a, a lot of us don't like vegetables, but even people who don't like vegetables really don't eat a carnivore diet. They're, of course they're eating meat. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of us do unless we're vegan or vegetarian. But when we say carnivore, it, it means that you have to cut out almost everything else my guess is your whole life growing up you ate more meat not a lot of vegetables but i'm sure there was all those garbage carbohydrates just like the rest of us ate oh i was a bread fanatic well there you you go right through the roof yep so um i ate a lot of game meat which the meat you know was um was healthy and maybe too lean yeah at times but um, I was a bread fanatic, and, yeah, and that, so I, there, I there was the problem. Bread and tortillas, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people. Well, I don't think, crave well, it anymore. I, I'm no longer. You know, I didn't eat vegetables, so I'm kind of carnivore. Uh, probably not. You're you're probably you know just filling in with a lot of carbohydrates. I mean, and and honestly, that's the problem with most vegans and vegetarians that. Honestly, the human body just does not do well on vegetables only. For one thing, you're almost always hungry. And then the only yeah. thing you can do is fill in with, with high-carbohydrate stuff. 
pastas, breads, you know, potatoes, rice, all that other stuff. And somehow we think that's healthy and it's just not. Yeah. I was kind of more referring like the last year or so of just, I'll eat uh, a fatty cut of meat and some good fermented good. pickles and kind of an example. And that's really what we want to continue so, with. Right. And that's, and that's kind of what I've been doing, but I had nuts, you know, I, I would have some nuts and some stuff that wasn't on the carnival diet, but and I've cut all okay. that out now. Yeah. And, and a little bit is okay. You know, we kind of talk about carnivore ish, but I honestly kind of looking mm-hmm. at your history, I think carnivore ish is going to be your diet for life. And that's fine. I'm not disappointed in it, but yeah. the AIP, I would be thoroughly frowning. Oh, you, you and me both. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm pretty heavy carnivore these days, and it seems like I get more and more that way all the time, and I like it. But I I don't yeah. want to have to go back and do the AIP paleo again. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. That was a tough one. It it is it. it yeah, that it is works. a tough one. I, I I get it. It does work, um, but. For the most part, I know that during a normal time, if nothing's going wrong with me, I don't have to avoid nightshades. Nightshades are not my problem. But for some reason, when I do end up with the joint pain, doing the AIP paleo is the quickest way to get rid of it. But I've played around with just taking out nightshades, and that does almost nothing for me. But for some reason, something about the whole makeup of the AIP paleo, or I even lean a little towards the walls protocol sometimes. Um, it's helped me twice, but I, I hope I don't have to go do it again. Honestly, I think onions are the only ones that I can really point a finger at that really give me trouble. I can eat peppers and all kinds of stuff with no, with no issues. But onions, they really hate me, and I really like onions. So, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> that's a tough one there, but I'll do whatever um, it takes because my quality of life is important. You know, what kind of symptoms do you get from onions? What are they? What bothers you? Well, it's it's the heartburn, more or less. It's, okay, uh, or heartburnish type symptoms. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you know exactly I'll, what I'll it taste, is. I'll taste the onion all night. Have yeah. Have, have you ever tried leeks? You know, I I haven't. Like I said, I stay away from the vegetable section usually. Yeah, well, since you like onions, but you have a hard time eating them, I would try leeks. Um, a leek, okay. the flavor is like a really mild onion combined with some really mild garlic. Kind of a mild onion garlic okay. taste. The other good thing about leeks, they have tons of prebiotic fiber, which is really good for our gut. Okay. Um, you may try those. And, and because it's heartburn, okay. you'll know pretty quickly whether that works for you or not. But I have a feeling that the leaks may be an answer for you on that one. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty obvious. I'll taste onions all night long and then the, um, sometimes mild or maybe more, a little more severe symptoms of heartburn shows up. But I just, just have been staying away from last night. I just ate a meatball. Meatball. I didn't realize how many onions were in them. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I Last night was the first time I had any kind of heartburn symptoms in about a week. Yeah, try try the wow. leeks. Um, Lauren, do you like leeks? I love leeks. I, lo- I, I love leeks um, in eggs 
Oh my gosh, a good omelet with leeks in it. Ooh, yeah. There's nothing better. Yeah. Have you ever had creamed leeks? No. Oh, I feel like I have had creamed leek soup or something. It sounds good. They're really easy to make. Here's all you do. Take you got to start with a lot of leeks because they cook way down. So start with a lot of leeks. Mm-hmm. Just kind of slice them and dice them. Put them in the pan with a lot of butter on very, very low heat and just let them go. I mean, they might even be on there for an hour and they will, they will almost melt. And then at the very end, I just put in a little bit of cream and salt and pepper. They are incredible. Sounds good. Sounds so good. <laughs> oh, do you, you uh, try. another question, Lauren, do you guys go down to Disney much or Orlando? No, no, I'm not a Disney girl. <laughs> yeah. If you ever get down there, um, this may, no, not maybe this is my single favorite dish from a restaurant that I've ever eaten. And I've eaten at a lot of restaurants all over the country. I'm a big foodie, but if I had to pick one dish, this is it. And it's at a restaurant at Disney uh, in the area called, is it downtown Disney? No, it's not in downtown Disney. It's, oh, they have a lake somewhere where the, the, all the, they have all these things that are built up around the lake. There's a big wide world of sports thing there. And forget the name of that area. I don't know. There's also a really cool um, dueling piano bar called Jelly Rolls that, um, was actually owned by Bruce Williams. And Bruce Williams' son owns it now, or he's one of the owners, and he's also one of the performers there. So the they have these two big grand pianos down facing each other on the stage, and you come in and you give them requests to play music, and these guys can play anything from memory. They don't use any sheet music, and they just start playing music on their piano, and everybody starts singing along, and it's a lot of fun. But anyway, right down... The boardwalk from there is the restaurant called Flying Fish. And they take um, red snapper, one of my favorite fish. They wrap it in really thin slices of potato. And then they pan fry it so the potato's crispy. Then they finish that piece in the Mm -hmm. oven. They put a really, really nice veal wine sauce down on the plate. Then they put a pile of these creamed leeks, and then they put the fish on top of that. Oh, it, my favorite dish of all time. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I'm hungry. Wow. I know. You just made me hungry. <laughs> I'm going to have to eat before the, the yeah. Q&A now. <laughs> That's right. But right. I also don't want, I, I, well, real quick though, we have to address the sleep because, you know, I'm just hearing that, that you're not getting the amount of sleep and that, you know, I was going to say one of my recommendations for that um, is to use your bedroom literally, you know, like no television and when it's time to go to sleep, you only lay in bed to go to sleep, you know, type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I hear, I hear that that's difficult because your wife likes to watch TV, but yeah. that 100% is going to disturb your sleep. And, you know, if you're already having issues, you know, with your body creating insulin and whatnot, I mean, we, we do know that lack of sleep 
just even one night of sleep deprivation increases insulin resistance yep. and inc- increases okay. blood sugar levels. So we can't okay. we can't ignore that fact. So we really should be focusing on making sure that your sleep habits are are much better. A dark, cold, quiet room um, that you're trying, you know, to keep a good good routine going. Um, avoiding those lights before bed and dimmers, um, you know, whatever you can do, because okay. that's that's going to be important for helping regulate your blood sugar. Okay. Do you think that? Uh since I've always had problems with that, my wife just loves to go to sleep to the TV. Um, and I'd watch zero TV. I don't, I, there's not a show on TV that I watch. I just don't watch TV. But, um, so I've mentioned several times just the inconsistency and everything where it's like you've got a week or two or three of everything's really good. And then literally nothing has changed in the diet or the work schedule or anything like that. And it's just right back. It seems like, is that, you think some of those things like, uh, like sleep stress and so on that I have less control over, it seems like anyway, are contributing to that or is it something else that I'm not seeing or picking up on? I well, definitely think that both uh, sleep and stress can contribute to that. Okay. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and it's pretty clear here. Your stress is at 10 and your sleep's at four. Those two go hand in hand. If you can get that stress number mm-hmm. down, the sleep number will go up. Um, there's no doubt. So okay. you, you start with the stuff that Lauren was talking about, what we call sleep hygiene, um, your environment. Okay. Uh, she covered, you know, most of the stuff about the bedroom, the environment, that kind of stuff. A uh, couple other things you can do really try hard to actually wake up and, and be up and moving before the sun comes up and then go out okay. when the sun is coming up and get lots of exposure of that early morning sun on your eyeballs. That kind of resets okay. our um, melatonin cortisol cycle. And then again, try to do it at the end of the day as the sun is going down. You know, we would probably all sleep okay. better if we actually just lived outside the way we used to. Yeah, and I understand that's just not, you know, practical in today's world, but if we can set aside a half hour to do that sunlight thing in the morning and then at dusk, that will kind of help regulate our sleep cycle and our sleep hormones. Um, you know, not eating too close to bed. That, that's another big mm-hmm. one. You know, any kind of food intake within a couple hours can really affect your sleep. So I, I'm with Lauren on this really focus on everything we can do to try to improve our sleep and trust me i think i know more about this than anybody and yet i can't always solve it for myself even um our world today is is not compatible um with sleep it's just not and it's why so many people have sleep issues but we just have to keep working at it because until we can improve our sleep we're never going to be as healthy as we could be so focus on it, you know, try some things, see what works. You know, I, I, I hate to even bring something like this up, but it, it doesn't hurt to try sleeping in another room for a little while just to see if that's the problem. You know, if that is. Yeah, gonna, we have a bed downstairs. So Yeah, I, 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 I would give it a try. I, I would. And, and if you see big improvements. And then you have a tough decision to make. I, I really don't want to sleep in another room every night. But if it 
if it's the TV and we can prove that it's the TV, you can use things like sleep masks and, you know, white noise that only you can hear to kind of mask some of that. And, and we could work on some strategies. Um, but the quick way is just mm-hmm. let's just test it first. You know, go sleep somewhere where you don't okay. have that distraction and see if that helps a lot. That's, I that's agree. Downstairs I, is where I used to sleep when I was on night shifts, so we'll we'll clear that out and do that again. So give it a go. Just try it out for, sure. for a while and see what it's like. Make sure the room is nice and cold and, and really dark. Those are all different yep. things um, that are you know pretty important for getting a good solid sleep. But also, you know, no one is going to sleep well with the TVs going in the background. So even your wife is not, even if she thinks she's getting a solid night's sleep. There's no way her brain is completely turning off and, you know, tuning out those sounds. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's something that, that you guys can, can work on together, too. You know, Lauren, we a, have had that, this conversation. So. That, that's a good point. There are a lot of things that help people fall asleep, but actually make their sleep quality worse. Alcohol is a big mm-hmm. one. A lot of people will have yeah. a drink or two because it, and they will say, it's how I fall asleep. If I don't have those drinks, I really struggle to fall asleep. I get it. But you'll never have truly Anything healthy sleep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. It, it, all of the, Anything that sedates you yeah. is not going to give you a solid sleep. Yeah, we, we want to figure out how we can fall asleep without those things. So there are a lot of people who will swear, well, I can't fall asleep without the TV. You're probably right. You've trained your body and your mind that that's how it works, but it's also really affecting your sleep quality. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's so what she'll tell a- you. I can't fall asleep without the TV. <laughs> well, it, you, you know, know there... It, we're the same way in our household. Turn the TV on and Lisa falls asleep in 30 seconds. Turn the TV on and I won't sleep all night. So I do have to use things like, you know, a, a sleep mask and some white noise and that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And sleep is kind right of a key. What's that? Okay. You can do that. Um, sleep always kind of has been an issue, like literally all my life. It's- um, mm-hmm. work schedules and whatnot. So, um, you'd, you'd either work and you'd work to the point where you collapsed and then I don't know if that's really sleep or that's really a coma Yeah. or yeah. if you're on a kind of a regular schedule. Um, um are, are, are you using, good. are you using any kind of a wearable device to track your sleep? No, I'm not. I, I would recommend that too. There, there's a lot to learn. Okay. I know. I mean, there are some really inexpensive options, you know, 40 or 50 bucks that actually work pretty well. Um, okay. I really, really like the Garmin watch. Um, I, you know, I've, I've used every sleep tracker out there. And by far, uh, the only one I use anymore is the Garmin watch. I used to even really love the Aura ring, which is also expensive, but I haven't worn my Aura ring in almost a month now. Um, I just find that I get, I, all the that's data. what I use. Yeah. I just found I get all the data from the Garmin watch and I like it better. Yeah. You know, it's also a great right. gift to get your wife too. So she can see her sleep, you know, <laughs> her sleep oh, hygiene is and how, how, if she's getting enough sleep. <laughs> that's an interesting point. That's yeah. A great idea. idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. You know, actually. it's funny. People get 
kind of obsessive about it. You know, it's like you really want to have a good score. You know, you want to have great sleep score. So we try to do things like eat earlier and make sure you turn off the lights and you, you catch yourself trying to get a better score. So it, it, it kind of becomes a fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll get that to go. Yeah. And I, I, I just like always kind of gauge of, how I felt and, you know, get, get your wife one and make it a friendly competition. Yeah. There you go. That's a great idea. We'll do that. I'm, uh, I'm up for, you know, make continue to make progress. So I'm not giving up. That's why I'm obviously continuing and we're doing this. Good. Good. Um, and, and I'm hoping, because I have three boys, I'm hoping that these, these habits can help them as well. And, and it has already. Uh, everybody in the house uh, has lost uh, quite a bit of weight. My, my son lost over 70. My oldest boy lost over 70 pounds. My wow. wife lost over 40. Um, so it is helping everybody. And so I'm, I'm kind of doing it for everybody. And good, good. Just helping everybody in the, in the house and... and but I, I'm just, I'm not one to give up and I'll just fight and claw until I don't have any fingernails anymore. And then I'll find another way to do it. But um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys working with me here. Steven, I, I love Absolutely. that attitude. Um, and, and with an attitude like that, we will solve this eventually. There's no doubt in my mind. One of the things, because I, I, I'm a lot like you. I'm competitive like that. And, you know, Lauren, you mentioned the score and you try to get better. I am competitive. Give me a score and I will start trying to make it better. And the yeah. one thing I, I have to remind myself every now and then, I can get to that point where I'm trying to fix this problem, like sleep. Hell, I've been trying to fix mine for years. It gets better sometimes. I, I'm, I think I'm on the right track again, but it can get frustrating. And you can get so focused on fixing that. And if it's not working, that can cause a lot of stress. So sometimes I have to take a step back from the things that aren't working and then just spend some time thinking about all the things that work so much better for me now and be grateful for them. You know, when I wake up in the morning and I'm completely regular every day, something that was never that way for me my whole life, I always had digestion problems. Every day now I stop and I'm grateful for that. When I can go out and work six or eight hours in the garden and not feel, you know, totally exhausted, I'm grateful for that. When, you know, I have lots of energy and I don't have joint pain and I have a nice normal weight and I'm, you know, even at almost 60 years old, I'm still able to build muscle well. I, I just have to stop sometimes and say, it's good to be competitive and it's good to get in there and try to fix everything. But once in a while, you got to take a step back and go, look at all the benefits I've already received from this and, and just be grateful for them. Absolutely. I am grateful and I'm grateful oh, to you, Kevin, for starting yeah, the whole, I, I whole movement. So yeah, good. I appreciate it so much. It's really, really changed. I might not be alive without that, you know, without that, without you doing that. So, um, the frustration is still there because, you know, um, it's, everything's not totally fixed, but I'm exactly. um, not yeah. going to give up. And I do appreciate, you know, I continue to listen to you guys and, and learning. And, and I, I think I kind of got in a mindset that maybe everything was maybe food or something that I was intaking, you know, and that's kind of how I was almost trained with the other doctors. Like it's every, it, you got to be doing something wrong. Um, if, if, if you're eating the diet that we told you, 
then you got to be drinking alcohol or you got to be doing something. And then I got, I kind of got trained to the point that it's right. something that I'm doing instead of maybe not doing like sleep, for example. Yeah, exactly. And so, it, and you know, we, another we, point of view. Yeah. We also do that a lot with people. We focus on food first and sometimes we have to realize that at some point we may have to shift. And normally it's with people like you, They've changed their diet. They've made all of those improvements that diet makes. And then there's these last little things. And sometimes we just keep staying focused on that diet. Sometimes you have to take take a step back and go, wait a minute. Lifestyle does affect things. Sleep, stress, how much time you get out in the sunshine, how much activity you've got. So I I think you're in that camp. I, I, I think I'm with Lauren adding nutrition will always be a good thing Mm -hmm. so if you focus on that that certainly can't hurt but i think most of your problems left are not diet related yeah and that's what i'm saying i I think you know hearing that today kind of it was almost like a switch went off but it's not maybe it's not something that i'm doing maybe it's something that i'm not doing yeah you know Yep. Because I am I am going out in the morning, I'm grounding, I'm trying to have my first cup of coffee outside with my shoes off. I'm trying Good. to do things right, you Good. know. Good. Really am. <laughs> I'm not just saying that and then it's not really happening. No, I really, really, and, really am trying to eat early and it, and it's just there's still the, the lingering issues that are kind of just frustrating. No, Stephen, I get it and I, I agree with you and I'll even give you a, you know, I experienced the same thing. We all we all, all the people who did it, we changed our diet. We saw incredible results. We saw it pretty quickly. We see it consistently. And honestly, when you look back at it, it wasn't all that difficult, was it? No. Yeah, it's really not. Changing your diet is not as hard as we all think it is. And, you know, looking back, changing the diet wasn't that hard at all. I'll tell you what is hard for me. Um, I'd love to hear from somebody who said, oh, no, that all that stuff was easy for me. Um, all of the stuff I've done around the stress protocol, I struggle doing all that stuff consistently. And even when you do it consistently, you will get results, I promise you, but they won't be the same kind of results you got when you changed your diet. They won't be that big. They won't happen mm-hmm. that fast. They won't be as consistent. But... Like you said, we still have a problem. We just have to push through. This stuff will work, yeah. but it is, from my point of view, and, and I'd love to hear from other people and, and see if this is common. I think it is. I think a lot of people who change their diet, then they go to try to change their lifestyle, and, and I don't think it's nearly as easy. I think it's a lot harder to make these changes, and that you won't see as big of improvements. And maybe that's why it's harder. Because you have to put in all this time and effort, you're not seeing those big results like we did when we changed our diet. Well, lifestyle changes, at least for me in the past, was almost out of my control. You know, that's, that's your career, that's your work schedule, that's your that's your that's your yeah. your livelihood, right. and it's you don't have that much control over it. And then you come home, and there's people that don't want to go to bed. There's people that want to eat late, and there's so many things that you you almost don't have control of. But the yeah. diet was easy because I don't have an addictive personality, and I'm determined. I can do anything. Literally, yeah. I I have the mental yeah. capacity to just accomplish whatever it is. But 
on this, I would just uh, I focus on the wrong thing, I believe. Yeah. Well, I I think we're on the right track now. I think this was uh, very productive today. I think this was an awesome show. I really like this. I agree. We covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And this gives other people to see what the discovery call and one-on-one process is like. I mean, this is it right here. You You just got to see it. We gather some data, we talk about things, we work through stuff, we make recommendations, we have people go try things and then come back and see what the results are. Um, But what we've spent the last hour or so doing is pretty much what you do most days, right, Lauren? Absolutely. Every single day, pretty much. Yeah. So sign up. Yes. Uh, the discovery call is free. I don't know what more we could do to get you to do one of those, but... uh, and a lot of people get a lot of results just from the discovery call. Honestly, Lauren, how many, uh, maybe we should go in and do some statistics on this. Actually, we probably have some numbers now. Be interesting to see how many people only do the discovery call because they're satisfied with the results. They don't need to go on to a one-on-one. I know. I've actually been meaning to circle back and reach out to people who I've done the discovery call with to see where they are, yeah. you know, on their health journey. Yeah. Maybe we can, you know, have those people send us a note and just say, Hey, you know, this is where I am. Even though I don't need a one-on-one, I'd love to hear some feedback on, on how, you know, things went after you, you know, were given that, that one month protocol. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. It helped me for sure. It definitely made a difference that after I got onto that, um, and cut out a bunch of stuff that was recommended. I, I did. I had a, m- pretty much a week of good sleep, and I did feel better. So, and it was more than ten minutes. I, I, maybe she liked me or something, but she gave me a little extra time there. But <laughs> it was definitely worth everybody's time. I believe there was progress made, and uh, <clears throat> I can't thank you guys enough. Excellent. All right. Any that we're gonna wrap this up today here in a couple minutes. Anything else we can uh, help you with today, Stephen? No, I think you kind of opened my eyes to a different way of looking at it. And like I said, I think I was just looking to focus on my own things. You know, I was, I was like questioning myself. I'm, the diet's good. I'm exercise is good. I'm outside. I'm doing all these things. I'm grounding. I'm doing the Wim Hof <laughs> breathing. I, I just don't get it. And, uh, I just, I, I was totally looking at it. I just needed to step back and turn around and look at it a different way. So I do appreciate it. It's helped me a bunch. You're welcome. And, and again, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, and, and doing this with us live because I think this kind of stuff really helps a lot of other people. Uh, Lauren, anything you want to close with? No, Stephen, keep up the good work, um, you know, and let us know. Keep us posted on how it goes with these little tweaks. I will do that. And I, when I get my computer back from the computer, dude, I'll start uh, populating my my food chart and everything again, and I'll stay in touch. Excellent. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. We are going to wrap this up. Lauren, I know uh, all the food talk made you hungry. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I could probably eat <laughs> something, although I'm not sure if I am going to eat something. I, I, you know, I'm back to two cups of NDK coffee again, and man, does it kill my appetite. I, I, if I have two cups, I probably won't even think about food till one or two o'clock in the afternoon. So um, do we want to say 1130 for the live Q&A? That would be perfect. Let's do that. 
Yeah, eleven thirty my time. That's uh, West Coast. So that's what one thirty. Two thirty my oh, time. Oh, two thirty. Wait, 2.30. my time. Yeah. All right. 2.30 your time. All right. So everybody, we're going to take a break. We're going to wrap this up today. Um, and in just about 25 minutes, uh, join us at healthytribe.com for live Q&A. Lauren runs the Q&A. She's live on the video you can watch her. You can ask questions. She'll answer them live on video. I'll be on text in the background answering them as well. So uh, come on in. Challenge us a little bit. Come on in today and, and give us some tough ones. See if you can stump us. Uh, HealthyTribe.com. Just about 24 minutes from now, we will see you then. Uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow for uh, a free-for-all and rolling toe. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. We'll see you in a little bit.